Teach me, O Lord, teach me how to love with all of my heart, with all my strength. Lift up my eyes from worthless things. Teach me how to love. Teach me, O oh Lord, teach me how to love with all of my heart, with all my strength. Lift up my eyes from worthless things. Teach me how to love. Teach me how to love. Thank you, Gabe. Um, happened to me again this week. It's happened lots of times, actually, in, in this life of ministry. I just got overwhelmed this week with your generosity. Here I am studying the scriptures in my office and just having a great time. And I'm thinking, man, I get to do this because of you. Your gifts, your tithes and offerings allow me to study the scriptures. Have you fed my family? You've clothed them. You sent them to college. Mark and Terry can bear witness to this. When you're in ministry, it's the generosity of God's people that enable us to do that. So um, thank you for that. Um, I don't know what was going on in you, Larkin, as you're reading it, but I think it's the essence of I know what the Lord's been speaking to me as I looked at these scriptures. Um, <clears throat> so here's a question. Are we our brother's keeper? At 8 o'clock, someone said, depends. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm reading this, and I, I, I confess I didn't really get into Ezekiel till this week. I kind of focused in on Matthew and, and the Romans since we've been in Romans. But then I found as I was reading Ezekiel, and then I once again heard you read it, Larkin, you know, the, the grace and mercy of God's been present since the very beginning, even amidst of incredible rebellion um, by the people of God. And just right here in Ezekiel, um, I, I just want to read that last part that, uh, that Larkin read. Um, um, let's see. Um, and you, son of man, say to the house of Israel, this is verse 10, Thus have you said, Surely our transgressions and our sins are upon us, and we rot because of them. How then can we live? Say to them, As I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his ways and live. Turn back. Turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? And I'll just add a part when I've extended my grace and mercy so freely. Amen. So then um, um, I'm reading in, uh, in a reading from the gospel. If your brother sins against you, if your brother or sister sins against you, you go and tell him his faults between you and him alone. And if he listens to you, what has happened? You have gained your brother. So what's the purpose of going to your brother or sister who has wronged you? The purpose is so you'll gain a brother. So they'll be brought back into the body of Christ and into a walking relationship with the Lord. Um, 
easier said than done. I know that, but that's what it said. And so then it goes on and said, but if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that even that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he doesn't listen to the church, treat him as a tax collector. In other words, just release him and then let the Lord do his work. Um, you've done everything that you've, the Lord's asked you, okay? So I'm reading that, and I'm thinking about it, and, and I'm saying, okay, there, this is a real situation, right? Is there anybody here that could say they've never had a wrong done to them? A, a hard word, um, an abandonment. I mean, it could get really worse. I mean, we could go all the way down to all kinds of abuse and abandonment, but, um, and is this applicable? If it's within the body of Christ, I don't think it means if your enemy but if within the body of Christ, I mean, the church has done some very hurtful things throughout the life of the church, has it not? And if they sin against you, you go to your brother. And so um, looking at my little red letter Bible, it's red all the way up until it gets to chap- the very beginning of this chapter, which means Jesus is speaking. And within that, he tells the parable just before this of the lost sheep. And the last verse of that parable said this, so it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. One of these brothers who has sinned against you, it's not the will of the Father for them to perish. Not even the wicked. His heart is for even the wicked. Amen? Amen. And well, then you just kind of keep on going up, and it's the same concept. And it begins with the disciples saying, hey, Jesus, who's the greatest among us? And he says, it's the little one. It's the one who's humble. Um, They're the ones that belong to the kingdom of God. And if you receive such a little one as these, it's yours as well. Okay, so so I'm sitting there thinking about all this. And I thought about that. Are you my brother's keeper? Anybody want to make a stab at where that is? Come on. Speak out loud. Genesis 4, Cain and Abel. However you want to take that story, it's the first story of siblings. And right out of the chute, um, there's one that was jealous for the other, and he murders his brother. That's pretty terrible. Um, And uh, not to get away from our scriptures, because I am going to end that, but I just went to Genesis 4 to read the story. Do you know the story? Uh, Do you hear the mercy in the story? I didn't. I couldn't remember how merciful God was to Cain. All right. So here, Cain and Abel. Um, Abel was a keeper of sheep. Now, this is my emphasis. Abel was a keeper of sheep. Cain was a toiler of the earth. I mean, Cain was a worker. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep. And they both made an offering to the Lord. And the Lord was pleased with Abel's offering. It was the first fruits. A lot of commentaries kind of say, well... You know, and then Cain made offering, didn't say first fruits. So they're saying that's why the Lord wouldn't please. I don't know. All I know is Cain was a worker. And the offering that he made was not pleasing. So he was jealous about the pleasure the Lord had for his brother. His brother was getting all kind of accolades and he wasn't. And he did the most horrendous thing he could do. He killed him. And so then the Lord comes to him and, uh, and he says to him, uh, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Um, where is your brother? And he says, am I my brother's keeper? 
That's terrible, isn't it? So he doesn't answer. I'm not going to say the rest of that, but um, listen to this. This this has just really caught me off guard. So it goes on down. I'm down in verse um, verse 15. Um, well, excuse me. Let me go up earlier. So the Lord tells Cain, you're about to get thrown out. And you're going to be a wanderer. That's what Cush means, a wanderer. You're going to wander. You're going to be estranged. These are the consequences of your action. You're going to be estranged the rest of your life. Thrown out of the body. Gone. And listen to what Cain says. He says, um, Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. And I can't bear this. I can't bear this consequence. And he says, behold, you've driven me today away from the ground and from your face. I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. And whoever finds me me will kill me. And the Lord said, "Um, not so. Not so, Cain. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him um, sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest anyone should harm him. Wow. Cain, the wicked one, the Lord marked him for protection. Isn't that amazing? Story goes on and Cain then gets a wife and has lots of children. And and then the Lord gives Adam and Eve another child named Seth. The the point being is look at the mercy of God in that. Um, When your brother sins against you, you go to your brother because the Lord has, right? The Lord has done this. So I'm thinking about this, you know, this is kind of like a little wandering Bible study with Father Robert here. Um, and I'm thinking about this, and there's a lot of images. I have a Bible a friend of mine gave me, and at the front of it, he said, this Bible is the road map for life, you know? You know, read it, and, you, and he just goes on this eloquent talking about, you know, how the Bible do all this, and, and it, it is. Um, and then you think about, you know, they say, if you follow my ways, Lord, you know, the Lord says, you follow me, everything will do this. And, and there are all these images, but the image that I came up with to try to understand this passage of Matthew um, is a covering. It's a putting on of Christ. That's what just came to mind. Um, I love that verse in Colossians that's read at weddings. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, you know, compassion and mercy. Put on this for your marriage. And that's how you put on this for your relationships. So I'm thinking, what do I put on so that I can go to my brother who has sinned against me and win my brother? Right? Are y'all, are y'all following me here? Um, and it's all, it's, most of it's right there in the gospel. Um, if you go back to the beginning, it's humility. It's a childlike faith. Um, it's to win my brother. Everything I should be doing is to win my brother, right? Not, not to say, I'm going to go to my brother because I want to make sure he knows what he did to me. And if he doesn't get it, I'm going to take somebody else with me because we're going to, by two of us, we're going to get that testimony right. No, we go to win our brother. Our life is for others, not for us. And so as I, I covered the gospel, do you, do you see what I mean? Do we, do we put the gospel over these situations in our life and do we wear that? We put on then, you know, 
think about the, the armor of God. We talk a lot about that, but my favorite part of the armor is shod your feet with the gospel of peace. Isn't that beautiful? You know, when you walk and you go into relationships and situations, go in peace of the Lord, you know? And so I'm, I'm thinking about Matthew and do I put the gospel over every situation? No, I wish I did, um, but I, I try to. You know, we were, uh, we're in the, I'm in the EHR class, Emotionally Healthy Relationships. Um, and I'm there because I need it. And we, we, we use the I statements there. So I'm not going to say, you know, we really struggle with loving our neighbor. No, I really struggle with loving our neighbor. But the other thing is, do we in a relationship with someone, especially a brother who sinned against us, before we go, do we ask this question? I wonder what's going on in their life. You know? I wonder. I wonder how Cain was feeling when he went out and slew his brother. I wonder the rejection he might have been feeling that he had been working hard and his brother was just a keeper of sheep. You, you hear what I'm saying? I wonder. Do we ask that question before we enter into a conversation with anyone? I wonder. Um, so I, I place that gospel um, over and I cover myself with Christ as I go into this situation with my brother. Um, and then towards the end of that passage, it says what you bind in, on earth will be bound in heaven. I don't know the answer to am I my brother's keeper? I think it is more like, well, it depends. I think it's we are responsible to one another. We're not maybe responsible for, I can't be responsible for Scott's actions. I can be responsible to him as a brother that loves him and cares for him. So I think it's more like that. That might be that caveat. We're responsible to, but not for. But if we put on the next covering, because it's cold in here, and we want to put on one more blanket, if you will, and we read Romans, oh my goodness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affections. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. That's a pretty, pretty warm blanket, isn't it? That pretty much covers a lot of situations we might be in. Uh, bless those who persecute you. It keeps on. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with the, I mean, you get what I'm saying? Um, so as I was thinking about this, this is what God has done. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed his sin. You know, anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. The old passed away. Behold, I mean, on and on and on. This way that God loves and cares for us is a call for us to do the same. Um, and so I was reading the psalm, and if I was to add a paraphrase to it, it would sound something like this. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep them to the end so that my brothers and sisters will come to know you. Amen? Go a little bit further. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and preserve it with all my heart. For I'm so broken for the heart of my brothers and sisters. I want them to understand grace and mercy. 
Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. For I want everyone to delight in the Lord. You're, you're tracking me here on and on and on. Church, how do we go about our day? We might not be our brother's keeper, but we might be, if you will, the light of Christ in their life. Um, I wrote this down. Um, I have saved no one. My friendship with you doesn't save you, but my friendship with you might open up a way for you to know the friendship of the Lord, right? Um, Let's make that um, our habit today. Um, Whether you're in school, at work, by yourself, or going to a family reunion. (laughs) I've got a big one coming up. I do, and I'm going to be there. And they had a list of all, this is not on my sermon here, follow this up. Um, and um, it's a big family, this mother's side of the family. I was one of 19 grandchildren, but um, <clears throat> they've got all these lists of people, things for the people to do. And one of my older cousins says, Robert, would you lead a church service? <laughs> I thought, what am I going to say? Prophet's not without honors in his own home. You know, it's, I've been praying for that. What do I say? I'm one of the younger ones to these older siblings. Um, he could not do any mighty works in his home. Y'all remember that scripture, anybody? Except that he did what, Brooke? He laid his hands upon a few and he healed them. So my second closing is this, my final one. As we reach out to our brothers and sisters, it might be that it goes all the way to treating them as a tax collector. But there might be a time when you lay your hands on them out of love and desire for them that God's going to do a healing work in their life. Amen.